professional tarot reader, teacher, and witch, and this podcast is about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us today for our trailer episode. So I wanted to break down uh, our tagline, which is uh, a podcast about magic, divination, and and the supernatural. Um, We will be covering divination in various forms. There are multitudes of forms of divinations, and it's multicultural. A lot of of the more... uh, I would say older forms of divination that we know of actually are multicultural, such as sortilage. You know, we have runes, and uh, in Africa they do bones. Um, And in Asian uh, countries they do, like, odds and ends. I actually do a form of sortilage as well myself. It's called crystal casting. Um, I started doing this because, you know, the stones themselves have properties, but they're also attached to uh, certain seasons, chakras, planets, elements. So the way that they fall actually tells a really interesting story. Um, So we will be covering things of that nature. Um, Some other ancient forms of divination, such as tea leaf reading, scrying, which is, that's the one, that's, that's the stereotype, right? You see the crystal ball and you see this like Romany woman who like jingling and jangling around. Um, Actually, I've actually, I've really come to learn that scrying is one of the most difficult forms of any kind of fortune telling. I'm doing air quotes. I hate that term. We're going to definitely talk about that. Um, Basically, it's the stereotype, and it's actually one of the most difficult forms of divination to actually find. Uh, I do have to say, I have a couple of people up my sleeve who will probably be on the show talking about how scrying works, Uh, but it's actually really difficult to find someone who can actually do it, who can really scry. So, um, you know, those are some of the older forms of divination, Um, and then we have, you know, some more modern types of divination, such as astrology. And yes, I understand, like, there's a big difference between Western astrology and Vedic astrology. We're going to talk about that on some episodes. Um, we're also going to talk about, I want to have guests on on here who are just going to, like, naysay everything and come on here skeptical so we can all watch them float out of their body and, like, ghost away because their mind is so blown um, <laughs> really, I, I don't care if we make them believers or not, but it's interesting to hear those perspectives. 
Um, so I'd like to talk to people who don't believe in divination and don't believe in astrology. Um, but you know, we have millions of other forms of divination. There's so many, there's numerology. There's just like a a plethora of different paths. And I want to kind of show you what of a wider variety than what I've been hearing on other podcasts of different forms of divination and how it works and what it's like and interview those people. Um, we also have our the part of our tagline that's about magic. I am personally a professional witch. Um, I run a company uh, that is just for my spell work. I actually sell it at several locations, which I will tell you about later. Um, magic from all paths, from all practices, you know, we're going to talk about things, um, that maybe you've never heard of before, but you're also going to hear the things that you have probably heard of before. You've heard of hoodoo, you've heard of Santeria, you've heard of paganism, you've heard of Wicca, uh, which just for the record, I am not. Wiccan. Not that I have anything against it. It's just, I tried it. It's not for me. And I love so many people who are Wiccan, but it's just not the right path for me. We're going to talk to people who are on that path. We're going to talk to people who are on multiple different paths in different episodes. So I'm really looking forward to sharing some of those people with you so you can hear their personal experiences. Um, And then we have the part of the podcast that's supernatural. Okay, this is just like a desire of mine because I love ghosts and I love scary movies. Um, I I just love ghost stories in general. So I kind of want someone to come and like haunt the episode sometimes. So hopefully we'll have people in here like, you know, talking about doing ghost hunting and stuff. That's, that's definitely a desire. I am into it. Um, but there's going to be other topics too. I didn't want to corner myself into, um, you know, anything that was too driven in one direction. I definitely wanted to have something that was versatile and, you know, whether or not we realize it being a witch and practicing magic, it's inherently political, especially in Western culture, um, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's definitely political. It, it really has always been. And if you look, if you look at any country that has been in at war over Catholicism, which is pretty much everywhere, um, you're going to see a lot of politics around pagan practices. And that I feel like something like that is just embedded into the culture for good. Once something like that happens, once a once a government is trying to push religion onto people and making a practice completely illegal and even killing people for doing it, uh, that's pretty much just like inherently part of your your government and your politics and your 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 society. Um, so politics are going to come up a lot. I, I have a really political mind about things. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying I'm creating a space for marginalized voices, but I definitely plan to have more of that than just like some white lady from L.A. Um, you know, no offense, like those those shows have great quality. They have a lot of content that's really beautiful. Um, but I just, I would like to hear more from 
the people who are not heard. <laughs> um, so uh, the name, Mystic Witch, I have to be perfectly honest. It was right in front of me for weeks, and it's so obvious. It's so obvious. It's not a, it's not a complicated name. It's not, like, super original, which I usually pride myself on coming up with, like, interesting names for things. But this is one of those situations where um, I actually tried really hard to come up with something super captivating that no one had ever heard before, but they still knew how to find it. Um, And I failed. I failed miserably. But this actually fits so well for me personally because I have been running two separate businesses for years now, one of them being Blue June Tarot, which is, you know, I, I work, I work doing events. I do, I have three locations in New York. Um, and I do all kinds of different things with that business. And then separate from that, I have what's called the broom closet, um, which I'm going to tell you more about in a, in a minute, but I've always wanted to merge the two, uh, more, seamlessly than I have in the past and they've just they do come together when I'm with a client and um you know someone needs a diagnostic and and a prescription that the, they they go together hand in hand when when that happens when I have a client who's in need of both basically um so I wanted though to take this opportunity to show that I am both of those things at once. And I've never really done that before. And it's kind of simple. It's not that hard. I don't know what took me so long, but here we are. Mystic Witch. It takes both things and puts them together. Mystic being the the diviner in me and witch is quite explanatory, self-explanatory. So let me tell you a little bit about me. My name is Blue June. I uh, am the owner and operator of Blue June Tarot. Um, it has been operating now for six years. Um, I did have a name change a few years back um, because I have a good story, actually. I got possessed. <laughs> I did not get to choose my business name Um, I guess I had dragged my feet for too long, really launching my tarot business and taking it seriously. I'd been dabbling and dibbling and dabbling for a minute and my spirits were like, okay, screw this. We're going to take over. And it was, it was seriously, it was only a few hours. And I had, I, when I came back into my body I know this sounds wild. Um, I had a website, paid paid for a domain name, and had the website up and running. It was not good. It was I think the first font I used was Papyrus. So, yep, and it wasn't the '90s. Great, I'm really good at stuff. But I had also LLC'd myself and uh, all this stuff that I actually never even really thought of before this instance. Um, and the name previous was magic with a CK talismans, plural tarot. And I got really sick of spelling that out for people. I got really tired of (laughs) explaining magic with a CK. 
which I'll tell you because I haven't even had to say anything about it for years now. Magic with a CK, I believe, was started by Crowley, and it was to differentiate between stage magicians and, you know, us. <laughs> Real magicians. Let's <laughs> let's not get it twisted. Magic Talismans Tarot. Uh, the talismans part was obvi- it was like it wasn't completely random. I actually had been making and selling talismans out of clay and then hand painting them with really really fine details, really tiny tiny details. Um, my logo actually for Blue June Tarot is the first one that I ever made and it's a protection talisman. Um, and it has a spell on the back and nobody knows what it says except for my mentor, um, because he turned me on to this talisman book or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it's, I still do use that icon for myself because I feel like it has brought me a lot of good luck and a lot of good business. And, you know, I don't want to piss off my spirits too much. They obviously wanted that for some reason. So we're just going to keep it. Um, Blue June Tarot. I have evolved so much. I went from doing really, really rinky dink events like Tarot Society um, and moved on to a really, a really like hole in the wall witch shop in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, now I, I work at Namaste bookshop on fifth Avenue and 14th street. And I also have two other locations. We have blue June tarot headquarters. And I also offer readings at risk gallery and boutique, which is in Bushwick Ridgewood. Um, I feel like I've evolved a great deal. Um, I went from doing like really tiny events to being a resident reader for places like House of Yes, uh, Rubelod, which is a historical underground party in New York City. Uh, recently, they had um, we had our 25 year anniversary. Little DIY things that have just been going on forever. And, um, really love those people. I love those events. Um, you know, I get to see a lot of people now. Um, I went from maybe getting two or three clients a week to having like five to eight a day. And it basically happened overnight and it was such a blessing that it all happened the way that it did. Um, so you can catch me at Namaste. You have to book by phone. Um, all that info is on my website, bluejunetarot.com. Um, you can also just book me for any location. Uh, Blue June Tarot headquarters is directly through me and then uh, through the other locations, Risk and Namaste. You can find links to it there. Um, let's see. My history as a reader Um, I started studying with Courtney Weber. Uh, That's when I got serious about my studies. She is the author of Tarot for One, The Art of Reading for Yourself. Uh, She's also was a high priestess of Novices of the Old Ways in New York City and is now out in Portland, Oregon, killing it and thriving, and is still writing books, is still writing blogs, um, is an amazing leader 
in the community, no matter where she is. Um, so I definitely recommend finding Courtney Weber. Uh, would not be here if it wasn't for her and several other people, which at some point their names will be dropped. Courtney Weber is spelled Courtney with an N-E-Y and then Weber is W-E-B-E-R. Just one B in Weber. Uh, she's also written a few other books, one of them about Bridget, the goddess, and it is also a really, really beautiful book. Uh, she's a great writer. She's a great person. Um, can't, can't say enough best, like, wonderful things. She's the best. Um, let's see. So I started my training there, got really obsessed with witchcraft in general, um, you know, that history began because I bought a book that I thought I was going to read academically. And that, no, <laughs> I, with every page that I turned, I was more and more enraptured in the fact that I had found a missing part of myself. All of these and as I said, being a witch is inherently political, whether or not you realize it. As I turned each page, I realized all of these practices aligned perfectly with all the things that didn't make sense for me and my family, for me and my, you know, the town that I grew up in, all these things that made me a weirdo. Um, it just made sense that I, I, I'm a witch. Oh, duh. Okay. Now, I, now it all comes together. So I became quickly obsessed with uh, the esoteric information that was suddenly at my fingertips. And I took every single class I could get my hands on. The one that stuck the most out of all the classes I was taking was tarot. Um, I started with the Thoth deck and I actually had to quit using it because I, uh, as I already mentioned, I am, I am prone to being, taken over by spirit. Uh, channeling is something that I, I really don't like doing. Um, and I know a lot of people would kill for that gift. It's just not something that I want to develop at this point in my career. I think this is something that I'm happy to wait till later when I have a little bit more wisdom about me and, you know, what it actually is. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready now. And I think I will come back around to it. And the Thoth deck, for some reason, really like started making me channel. And I didn't like it. So maybe it was a, just like a, a psychosomatic. But I did stop using the deck and it did stop happening. Um, you know, and, and now, of course, like I can use it and nothing happens. But that, that was years ago. And it's only been recently that I've started using the Thoth deck again. And now, of course... I have the largest tarot collection in the world. And we will definitely have some episodes where we talk about different decks and what it's like to be a collector. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about tarot, but I don't want to bore you guys with just talking about tarot. So really quickly, my other business, The Broom Closet, um, that's the magic stuff. I definitely don't want to bore you talking about my businesses. But um, I do sell some, some products without a diagnosis. Uh, most things I do prescribe after diagnosing with a reading, which I'm going to explain in this episode after our, in our next segment. Um, but for, for, 
for these, I think they're, they're completely accessible to anybody. I don't think that they'll hurt anybody. Um, you know, they can only help. So I do have a series of uh, spiritual salt baths that I do sell at three locations, Risk Gallery and Boutique, uh, 205 Central Avenue in Bushwick, uh, at Antidote Apothecary and Tea Bar in Greenpoint, and that's 200 Franklin Street, and at my favorite cult party. Cult party is at 53 Waterbury Street in East Williamsburg. So you can go pick those up any old time. This episode is brought to you by... (laughs) We don't have a sponsor, but if you would like to have your product or business plugged on our show, send us an email at mysticwitchpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to plug the little guy. told you a little bit about prescribing magic and how I feel about that. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive right in and get started on, on talking about prescribing and diagnosing. Diagnostics come through divination and it's an opportunity to look a little bit further into the issue on behalf of the client. There are instances where clients have this big idea about things such as um, a negative entity is following me or, you know, I'm, I'm being haunted. And a lot of the time that's not exactly correct. In fact, most of the time it's, it's the, the client themselves that is in their own way and you can help them find the right path to their own healing. And sometimes it's not within my jurisdiction or the things that I practice. Sometimes I do need to refer people. And I joke a lot about having psychics as friends, (laughs) like collecting them. Um, And I do. Those are genuine friendships. But I do also tend to recommend other people's practices. For instance, like let's say someone has a past life karma or a uh, past life challenge that's coming back to them. I am not I'm not ready for that type of practice. So I will send them to the right person. Um and then, you know, let's say they have a certain practice of their own or a magical belief or a spiritual belief. I have several different people I can send you to at that point. Um and then when it is within my realm of capabilities um, I want to make sure I'm giving them the best care that I possibly can. And I, I can do that when I see all the details. And when you can see every bit of the real issue at hand, um, all the things that the client isn't aware of or isn't telling you, you can better diagnose a result. And magic is very difficult when it comes to results. It's not, there's no science, there's no formula, there's no rule book about it. So it's very complicated. And um, in order to get people the right care that they need, it's it's very important, I think, to look at the diagnosis. Um, 
you know, a lot of the time people think they're being hexed as well. And, and that's not the case. Maybe something as simple as the evil eye. Maybe it's, maybe it's that. And that's really simple. Like that's just a jinx. That's just like a quick little thing. Unfortunately, we send the evil eye to people. We're only human uh, without even intending to. And it's just, it's really just a matter of energy that you're directing in a certain way and having a negative thought about somebody that's there you go it's it's happening um not gonna break down energy in this in this episode in this trailer but um you know energy is basically what it all comes down to in my opinion um that's how the law of attraction works it's how magic works it's all about like kind of controlling and shifting and and um manipulating or manifesting the right energy where and when you need it, uh, which is why we work with moon phases and why we work with the planets um, and certain elements come into play and certain elements have different properties and things that they do, different jobs um, that, that you can do. For instance, basil happens to be a very multicultural tool for money attraction, which leads me to my last, my last point for this, this trailer episode, uh, just talking about money in general and spirituality and spiritual people. It's a very, very complicated thing. We're trying to market something authentically while also participating in capitalism and what what in our minds is a place of ego in greed. And separating those two ideas is very complex. It's a very complicated thing. Um, we really do have to re- we have to really be <laughs> hashtag hashtags are thirsty. <laughs> We have to be very careful about how many hashtags we put. We have to be careful about how many advertisements we put in our in our business profiles. And I'll tell you, like from my personal experience, my Instagram, Blue June Tara, uh, every time I post a picture of myself, fifty likes right away. <laughs> And I post an ad about my readings at risk or my hours at Namaste, maybe like 15, 20 likes, sometimes like only two. People don't really care for it. They don't really care for you plugging yourself, which is why I'm trying to like refrain, but I'm just introducing you to who I am, folks. In any case, you know, you have, it's a, it's a really fine line and it's a difficult thing to tread. And that's something that I want to talk about in multiple episodes because I'm still figuring out my own relationship to money. Um, and I do have to say, I recently read a book, um, fall of last year, I finished it. It's called, you are a badass at making money written by Jen Sincero. And it, it uses the law of attraction to draw money to you. And that's, that's the very, very simplified version. It really actually, as you're reading it and practicing the things that the exercises that she gives you throughout the book, um, it reprograms the way that you vibrate about money and kind of helps you to draw it into your life. 
So I'm going to be honest, this book is not about quitting smoking, but it helped me quit smoking. Um, basically, I just started to realize like some of the priorities that I had and they were really out of whack. And so this book really helped me get rid of a terrible 20-year habit. I cannot recommend this book more, and I think everyone should read it. I'll probably be doing a workshop soon. So if you are in the New York area, stay tuned in further episodes about uh, me talking about that book because we're going to break it down as a group uh, in a book club at Namaste with Jane Dowd Osterum. We will talk about that in a later episode when that's scheduled and in the calendar. Um, so the next episode we have coming up, which is actually our first episode, we are going to have a guest who is called the Subway Tarot Girl. And her name is Emma. She's a beautiful person, wonderful personality. And I'm really excited to interview her about reading at events and some of the details of like what makes that challenging and what you can expect doing speed readings at an event. Whether you're doing tarot or astrology, it doesn't matter. There are so many things that you need to know from an experienced person who is used to working in events that are loud and people are drinking or possibly even on drugs and how to deal with that. And like, what do you need to do to be psychologically, spiritually, and emotionally prepared for how draining it is? Also, we're going to talk about like, you know, it's not for everybody, but what it takes to be the kind of person who can do that. So I'm really excited to talk to Emma in our next episode, The Subway Tarot Girl. If you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Mystic Witch Podcast. You can email us with comments, questions, anything. I'm probably going to feature it on the show. <laughs> you can email us at mysticwitchpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Patreon under Mystic Witch. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll see you next time.